When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Friday is here. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We got something just a little bit different for you today as Schmidt and I out enjoying the bye week on a Friday and uh, 80 degree weather here in the capital city. Can't complain about that. Had to get out and, and do a little bit, but that doesn't mean we don't have a Hale Varsity show today as we do have a fun one planned for you as it's a hybrid, some new stuff. Some pre-recorded stuff. We're calling it a best of Hail Varsity Radio. We've done these before, but uh, we're going to bring you some up-to-date coverage as well. As uh, joining us a little bit later here in hour one, we'll have Jacob Badilla of Hail Varsity Magazine as well as Brady Oltman's also of Hail Varsity Magazine. As Schmitty sat down with them just a little bit earlier today, we're going to hear from them in just a bit. But as I said, we're going to have some pre-recorded segments for you as well. As coming up a little bit later in the show, we're going to have our sit-down with Ron Brown from Wednesday. That was good stuff. Uh, So nice, we got to play it twice as Ron Brown was kind enough to join us and tell us a little bit about that transition from Scott Frost to Mickey Joseph, the job Mickey has done so far, and even his experience recruiting Mickey, watched him become a player and now a coach at Nebraska. Ron Brown is going to be leading off hour two for us here today. 5.05 is when you can listen to that. And then we'll also have Mike Leach, the pirate down at Mississippi State. He's got a big game coming up this weekend. And Mike Leach sat down with us before the season started. This uh, actually dates back to August 3rd. Mike Leach was kind enough to give us two full segments. We're going to hear from him at 525 as well as 540 as Leach. That was good stuff and uh, excited to hear from him again. But where we're going to start this all off is an interview that we did back in April with Jason Peter discussing the day-by-day documentary. Here it is, uh, Schmitty's sit down with Jason Peter. We welcome in uh, Husker legend Jason Peter with us to talk day by day the upcoming Nebraska documentary. Jason, thanks for a few minutes. How you doing? I'm good. How are you, Chris? Good, 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 good. And I know a lot of Nebraska fans excited about Day by Day, uh, the two-part documentary coming out. That'll be May 13th and 14th at the Rococo Theater. Daybydaymovie.com is where you can go and get the movie tickets uh, for a, a big weekend. Jason, I, I'm anxious to hear your perspective on this and, and just your role in this documentary. You're a major piece of, of the championship years, that golden era. What are you wanting with this film as far as you know what do you want nebraska fans to to see and experience oh i i just think it's a a neat deal and a different deal where you know everything that's been done whether you're talking about nebraska or you're talking about you know any other program that had some sort of run and you know where they're coming from a fan base where you know people they eat that stuff up you know they love i mean there's nebraska football that's you know, 
And that's the only show out here, right? So even when we talk about teams that are 25 years removed, right, there's a large part of this state that still feels like kind of it was yesterday, you know, and, and they know all of the characters that are in this movie. Um, but now you're getting it from, you know, the kind of inside that locker room. Obviously certain stuff uh, you'd hope is just kind of locked away in the vault and, and never to be heard from again. But, uh, you know, for, for a lot of, uh, for a lot of, uh, you know, the stuff that, uh, that went on, um, you know, back then, you're kind of going to, you're going to hear about it firsthand, you know, right out of the horse's mouth here. And, uh, guys are going to tell you kind of exactly, um, how it was or what was going through their heads. Um, you know, so it will be a, a, a much different perspective than I think, you know, uh, most documentaries that that are made out there just, you know, it, it, not just in Nebraska football, but in sports in general, I think. Jason Peter is with us, Sale Varsity Radio. Find him on Twitter at Jason Peter. Day by day, the documentary, May 13th and 14th at the Rococo. And uh, be sure to log on and get your tickets today, daybydaymovie.com. Coach Osborne talked a lot about chemistry. What did you notice the first time you stepped in that locker room, Jason, with with the team you were you were joining? Yeah, I mean it was uh, it was an intimidating thing, um, you know, much different than now. Uh, and obviously, being down there and, and helping out, um, you know, the way I have over the last couple of years, um, you kind of get to see how freshmen, you know, walk into into the locker room, and uh, it's it's different. You know, uh, you kind of were just. You didn't want to be, you know, quote unquote, noticed, you know, back then. You just kind of wanted to, to, to go with the flow. You wanted to be, you, you wanted to have to do everything, but you kind of didn't want to be noticed, you know, because if you were noticed, well, there's a good chance that, you know, the older guys were going to make uh, some sort of example out of you, whether it's, you know, in, in good nature, uh, sort of fun or, if, you know, they think that you're a little too cocky for, you know, 17, 18 year, years old, then, then it, it will be a different approach um, than sort of, you know, that the, those welcoming arms that uh, people like to talk about. Um, yeah, so, you know, it was, uh, it was intimidating. And, and, you know, it was this high-powered machine that was moving at the time. Uh, you know, it wasn't about – I mean, I guess there, there was somewhat of the, the trying to get over the hump um, you know, in, in a lot of ways with trying to, you know, beat some of those Florida teams. I mean, Nebraska was at a point where back then they would kind of, you know, run the table uh, in, in the Big Eight, um, you know, get themselves to the Orange Bowl, and then, you know, nine out of ten times they were kind of getting run off the field, um, you know, by a Florida or a Miami, a Florida State, and uh, – and I was fortunate, you know, that I kind of stepped into this thing right as uh, there was like a, almost a changing of the guards and, and kind of uh, um, this, this uh, idea that losing any game is not acceptable. You know, like the goal was to win them all. And I know every team 
kind of can say that going in, but that was the truth. It was, uh, there, there was this firm belief, this firm mindset that we weren't going to lose to anybody. Um, you know, and if you were a guy that was okay with losing a game or two games, then um, chances are you were you were not going to fit in in this crew. Um, you know, it was uh, the only uh, the only standard the bar that was set was uh, you know having a a zero under that that L column, um, and that was just the way that it was. Jason Peter, a couple more minutes with us day by day. The documentary on uh, Nebraska football, the uh, incredible run, 60-3. and three. Uh, The Rococo Theater, May 13th and 14th. More showings, of course, daybydaymovie.com is where you go get your tickets. And uh, Husker legend Jason Peter uh, joining us to talk about the, the documentary. Jason, do you remember uh, kind of a come to Jesus in the locker room, either giving one or receiving one? Well... You know, you kind of had to, there was, a, you know, this little saying where you had to kind of pay rent, <laughs> uh, and you got your initiation, let's just say, into Nebraska football when you got kind of moved up to, to that varsity locker room. Um, but, it, you know, for as great as the varsity locker room was, um, I think also being in that freshman locker room, played just as big an impact in guys' life because it was, number one, it was a kind of a uh, uh, earning your stripes mm-hmm. sort of deal. Uh, so, you know, it was something that you knew everybody who had come into the program, who was successful in the program, had gone through this same sort of path, and they had to do the same thing. Um, but then it also made you kind of appreciate, um, you know, the varsity locker room and being up in that sort of, uh, uh, being part of that brotherhood. Um, you know, because back then it was, uh, you know, that freshman locker room. I mean, you got to know your fellow freshman teammates real well. Uh, you know, you kind of, you knew where guys had birthmarks where you wished you didn't know that information. You knew whether, uh, you know, their, their moms and dads taught them to, to, to wipe front to back or back to front. I mean, you were up close and, and personal with everybody. Uh, there were no... <laughs> There, there were no doors on, on, on the stalls. Come to think of it, there were no stalls. Uh, you know, it was just. Uh, wow. It, it was. I'm guessing it was. You know, kind of like the military, uh, where it was just you know head after head after head after head, and uh, that was it. But you know, when you when you got up there and uh, you kind of got the the nod of approval that hey, okay, you know. Jason Peters getting moved up in the varsity locker room today or Grant Wistrom or, uh, you know, Jay Foreman, whoever, um, you know, it was like, it was, it was a big day. Um, and it was another step, all these benchmarks that you have, you know, uh, over the course of your time here at Nebraska and certainly getting 
moved up into that varsity locker room was was one of them. Jason, we'll get you out of here on this. Thanks for the time. It's great to, to catch up again. Your time as a volunteer coach down at Nebraska and working with all the kids. Uh, how rewarding has it been for you? And uh, just touch on on the D-line and then some of the talent in that room. Oh, it's great, you know. Got a great, really great group of kids. You know, I, I'm not going to come on and say all this, you know, stuff that, that people have kind of been hearing for the last few years. I mean, all I can tell you is, is what I see. And, you know, you got good kids that are working hard. No matter what anybody else thinks out there, you know, they're not wanting to lose. Uh, they're not trying to lose. It's a progression, you know. You know, it almost you think back to, to when Bo was here and he used to talk about, you know, the process. And people got tired of the process, right? But you know, there there's a lot of truth in that. It, it is a process. And not to say that, you know, winning nine games or losing nine games by, by you know, six points or whatever uh, is part of, of, of that process. It's seeing these kids go out and each day we're asking them to be better than they were yesterday. And if they can come out and they can do that, that's all you can really ask, you know, is that they, they're better today than they were yesterday. And obviously there are days where, you know, practice uh, you feel like isn't great. That's ever, uh, I don't care if you're talking about 95 Huskers or you're talking about the 2022 Huskers. Um, you know, it, bad practices are part of the deal. You just got to be able to recognize that it was bad and recognize um you know, the things that made it bad and make sure that it doesn't happen again. But, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, a, a, like I said, a, a group of good kids, obviously, you know, nothing is, is without, uh, uh, it's not never an easy path. Mm-hmm. And, uh, obviously leading up into this season, it's kind of, you know, gotten difficult here, uh, with some of the choices that some guys have made, but this is the deal. You can only roll with the guys that want to mm-hmm. be here. And, the guys that want to be here, I wouldn't want to trade them for anything in the world um, because they know they know what it takes. Um, they never complain. Uh, they want to win more than anybody. I can guarantee you that. You know, no matter if there's uh, five people in Memorial Stadium or if there's ninety thousand people in Memorial Stadium, nobody wants to win more than those kids that are dressed in the uniforms. And for the most part. They're do, they do everything that we ask them to do in preparation uh, for those wins. So, uh, you, you know, it's it's one of those things. I hate to say you just kind of hope, you know, like you don't want to ever wait, you know, wait for the light or wait for, for us to get over that hump. you got to force yourself to get over that hump. And, you know, a big part of it is, is leadership, and that's something obviously that myself um, – uh, you know, Jay Foreman have been kind of helpful with me with that as well, with, with building that leadership um, so that the team can kind of run itself. You know, you want it so that that, that inner leadership, those guys, whether it's the, the four captains or, you know, it's the, the 15 or however many seniors you have, those guys, they all got to take ownership. And when they take ownership in the thing and it means more to you, you're willing to go that extra mile and uh, do the extra things that, that, that nobody wants to do. And, you know, some I always tell them, it's like, what do you do? It's easy when the cameras are here, you know, and, and, or, or we got, you know, fans in to watch a, a game, a spring game or whatever. I said, but what do you do when nobody's looking, when nobody's watching? I go, because that, that, that's what separates, you know, the chumps from the champs. And, 
And it's just a matter of getting more guys, continuing to find guys that, uh, you know, think that way and, and operate that way. Um, you know, it's not about the glory. It's not about the articles. It's not about, you know, the Twitter love and all that stuff. It's about the guys in that locker room and, and uh, you know, playing for one another. And then ultimately on Saturdays you're going out and you're playing for, you know, the 80,000 people that are in that stadium. Well said, Jason Peter. Day by day, uh, Jason, a part of the documentary. A lot of Nebraska fans excited to see it. What are you shooting today on 18? Hi, uh, golf days are over. My body's too jacked up, you know. Uh, now it's just about teaching the young with the, the kids, and I'm not was never good enough to be a teacher anyway at golf. So uh, I'll leave this, I'll leave that to the pros. But geez, with all this wind out here, um, you know, in Nebraska lately, can't be fun to be playing golf. It's uh, it's a challenge for sure. Jason, best to you. Uh, thanks for a few minutes today. Anytime, Chris. Talk to you later. Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. We welcome in Jacob Padilla with HaleVarsity.com and magazine at Jacob Padilla underscore. Jacob, going to be a, a busy weekend. Thanks for a few minutes. How's the week been for you? Been pretty good. Um, it's, we're inching towards basketball season. Uh, we're hit, heading towards the postseason for high school uh, football. Uh, I guess that actually already started on Thursday. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, volleyball, football rolling on. So talk to me about Nebraska basketball and start there. And I know Fred had his presser yesterday and I loved watching Sam Greasel, uh, when I got to cover him at East, you've uh, kept an eye on him and a lot of high school prospects, uh, throughout their time, uh, regular season, summer season, and Sam's kind of made the, the trip complete back in Lincoln. What do you think his impact will be? What's it need to be for Fred? this season yeah uh, it needs to be sizable and uh, the way that Fred and the other players have talked about him he's already he's already made quite an impact just with his work ethic with how much he cares about the program just his kind of off-season habits uh, and all those types of things Fred said uh, at media days that he's rubbing off on the other guys and uh, he he really likes what he's seen from them in terms of uh, the work they've put in this off season and um, it's kind of the interview they brought every single day to, uh, going to work. So um, th- that's a good start. Uh, he- he's been great, I think, for the culture and leadership. Uh, players have talked about how he has a knack for kind of saying the right thing uh, when they need to hear it um, out-, out there on the court and kind of in the flow of the action. He'll hut all guys up and make sure they lock in for an important stretch uh, and-, and things like that. So uh, now we'll see kind of what, what impact he can have on the court itself. And they're going to need him to be good for them to, to have a chance to compete. He's going to be the point guard. He's going to have the ball in his hands quite a bit. And he made a big leap his last year at North Dakota state. Uh, he, he told me that the game really slowed down for him. And that kind of uh, reflected itself in his numbers and his effectiveness and efficiency. He did not play any high major teams last year though. So, um, kind of we'll see how that leap to the, the Big Ten makes. So a lot of his game is uh, the, the size advantage he has as a point guard, his ability to kind of get to his spots, back down, spin past guys, all those, all those sorts of things. 
Um, he's used to pretty well spaced to four in North Dakota State. We'll mm-hmm. see if Nebraska can provide that for him. Um, but he, he, I think they're going to need him to be really good this year. And um, he'll be one of the faces of the program for sure. Jacob Adilla talking Nebraska basketball, Hale Varsity Radio. Jacob, what what are your expectations? What what what's a fair expectation? It's a, another pretty much new roster, with the exception of Walker and and Kisei, and I'm probably missing somebody else, uh, Wiltshire. But you've got yep. new faces. It's turnover again. But it seems like uh, the, uh, the 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 grittiness, the uh, the physicality. The little things have been emphasized here this offseason. They've gone after a different target to, to round out their roster. Yeah, and um, that's, like you said, that's kind of been the, the major talking points this offseason, and that's the way that they're going to have to win. It is a, a change from what we've seen the past few years. Um, and part of that is out of necessity. They, they don't have uh, a, a player as individually talented as Bryce McGowan's. Uh, they might not even have one as dynamic as Alonzo Verge when he was uh, kind of at, at the peak of his game. Um, but they're bigger, they're um, they're longer across the board, uh, and seems like that th- they're going into this with the right attitude. Um, how successful will they be? Um, that remains to be seen. We got to see if they've got enough talent to to consistently put the ball in the bucket at the Big Ten level. But um, I do think they are. It, it sounds like they are committed to all those little things, and that's uh, the way that they're going to have to try to win this year is um, kind of scrap and doing all the little things. And, I mean, that, that can make a difference. You look at how many games they lost last year because of that little stuff, whether it's a missed box out, a bad communication in a clutch moment on defense, uh, just missing free throws. Um, they found so many different ways to lose games last year. And it's maybe a little bit different season if if they win a few of those. And um, I think the, the picture looks a little bit different. It's just they kept finding ways to lose. This team's going to have to find ways to win this year uh, if they can get into those same situations. Um, we'll see again. Talk, to, talk only goes so far. Mm. Um, they have to go show that they can actually execute it uh, when the games uh, are live. Uh, but I think – what we've heard at least is a step in the right direction, kind of building that foundation of good habits of doing the little things um, that, uh, that, that every, every good program needs. Jacob Adilla, a few minutes with us. Hail varsity.com and magazine talking Nebraska basketball. Jacob going to go to high school playoffs uh, gearing up here, but a large decision looms this weekend and uh, what's your read right now with Malachi Coleman, Lincoln East? And then a, a step further here, who do you like this postseason in Class A, a two-parter? Yeah, um, it seems um, it seemed, all signs seem to point to Nebraska and Mickey Joseph. Um, he's, from all indications, just built a really, really strong relationship with Coleman. And uh, at this point, I think that that will be the most important thing to him, just based on what we've seen and how the, the recruitment has played out. Um, he's, he's got a big game this weekend as well. Uh, uh, Lincoln East get their, gets their shot at, uh, at Gretna. Um, and kind of transition to that second question. Uh, Gretna, we saw some injuries at the running back position. Obviously, they lost Joe Roll, their best wide receiver, early uh, in the year. Um, but... 
they, they still got so many pieces. Um, and uh, I think just with that, with they, what they've got up front defensively with Corver Demma and Mason Goldman um, and, and those guys, and then Dane Forrest, like it's a pretty good, uh, pretty good uh, guy to, to fall back on on offense. Um, but uh, Elkhorn South has been on absolute roll over the second half of the season. I saw them early in the year when they were still kind of figuring some things out, and I'm planning to see them tonight uh, against Omaha North. The matchup lost a little bit of luster with North uh, dropping that game to Grand Island uh, soon after Elkhorn South absolutely destroyed the Islanders. Um, but I still need to see uh, North in person, and again, I haven't seen Elkhorn South in a while. So um, it, it does, like, I, Bellevue West is a team that's, like, capable of jumping up and, having a big game in any big moment, but I think Gretna, Elkhorn South, and Omaha West side, those are the top three. And I think those are the three most well-rounded teams in the state right now. But all three of those teams have, have impact players kind of all over the field. Um, and I, I think the, those are the clear favorites right now. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see any one of the, those three kind of taken home at the end. Jacob Badilla is with us, Hale Varsity Radio. We are going around the world here, a little Husker basketball, some high school prep action, some recruiting, and going to end it with Nebraska volleyball. They have been just exquisite, and I know Illinois looms uh, for the Big Red, but, uh, you know, I, I ask you about volleyball, and it just doesn't seem, Jacob, like this team misses a beat culturally or athletically. Yeah, uh, they've seen so much kind of change this season with players in and out of the lineup, moving from one position to another, then back. Um, and they just continue to roll. Um, they, they're just so good defensively right now. And that's a uh, big part of that is uh, the 6 2 and what they're able to, to, to do at the net, playing, keeping three. Um, three big blockers up front at all times. And obviously we know they've got some phenomenal back row players led by Lexi Rodriguez. And uh, Nebraska is just so hard to score on. Like they, they still, I think Becca Alec even said this after the, the sweep at Purdue on TV. Like she doesn't even think they're close to, to peaking at this point and hopes that they're not. Um, I think there's still quite a bit of potential left on the offensive end um, that they could get even better at that point. They, I, the, the hot, they've, they're better than they were last year, but I think there's still uh, there's still some inconsistency there with kind of what they're trying to figure out at center with the injuries and rotating players around and um, pins still kind of getting getting that connection and then keeping the middles involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, Becca Alec obviously had a huge game uh, against Purdue and she's been playing really well recently and they're still trying to figure out how to incorporate uh, uh, Caitlin Horde. Uh, in offense, uh, even though she's top five in the country in block, she's still doing her thing uh, in that area of the game. But um, so they, there's still a lot of potential for this team, but uh, they're playing at a really high level right now. And five straight sweeps um, haven't lost since that, that Stanford match on September 13th. Jacob, uh, about 90 seconds here. Who's Nebraska's biggest challenge matchup wise? Do, do, do you see? Well, and that's that's the good thing that we're kind of heading in the second half here. We'll um, I got a really challenging kind of stretch of the finish. Wisconsin is the next one after Illinois, and they they passed uh, the Ohio State test. 
uh, in a five-setter. They, they, they obviously took care of business against Purdue. So uh, Wisconsin will be the next one up. It's a different team than last year, but it's still probably, uh, I mean, they're sitting there right behind them in the standings. Um, so uh, looking forward to that October 26th, another Wednesday match midweek. Um, that one will be in Madison. And then <clears throat> Nebraska will get another crack at them at the end of the season uh, before um, hosting Minnesota as well on the regular season finale. How are your Packers going to rebound here? About 30 seconds. Are you uh, speaking about Green Bay anymore or are you just stomping around? Yeah, it's basketball season, Schmitty. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You've moved on quickly. You have traded your Rodgers jersey for a son's jersey already, I see. Yeah, um, it's it, they're hard to watch right now. Uh, and kind of each passing week, uh, I have less hope that they'll figure it out. But, I mean, that, there's still enough talent there that if they do kind of get things uh, rounded into shape that they can make a run. But uh, I, I just don't have a whole lot of confidence in that happening right now, unfortunately. Well, have you ever got into a uh, – uh, given Vogue's the silent treatment? I mean, he's a Bears guy. Yeah, we, we, we don't really talk about uh, that too much. I haven't really <laughs> talked to him about a lot, a lot of pro sports, really. Uh, it's, he'd much rather talk about the panhandle and uh, what's going on out there in western Nebraska. Okay, I get you. I love that. Hey, it's Jacob Badilla. Catch his work, as always, uh, at Jacob Badilla underscore on Twitter is where you follow him at HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Incredible work on volleyball, Husker football, and the uh, prep action. And two podcasts also with Herdat. You can uh, listen to uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Jacob, take care, buddy. Thanks for a few minutes today. Thanks for having me. us come here brother give me a hug bring it in for the real thing we're on call for you catch the podcast at hailvarsity.com the espn lincoln app or download them on itunes saddle up partner back to hail varsity radio Back with you, Tail Varsity. We're presented by Currency. Brady Altman's uh, staff writer with Hale Varsity joins us at Brady Altman's on Twitter is where you follow him. Brady, uh, you're going to find f- plenty of football to, to follow this weekend, even with no big red man. How you doing? Oh, man, uh, excited. There's, uh, you know, uh, big schools got their last regular season matchups here in high school, and we even got a little eight-man first-round action for me um, this weekend, too, so it's a, it's a good time to be brave. It is, and you've got Lincoln East and, and Gretna tonight. We talked with Jacob just a little bit ago about that. The the uh, other news of the weekend is going to be Malachi Coltman. I want to go get your take on uh, your uh, your radar, right? What, what do you think? Is it a contest? Do you think Malachi's in? It's really interesting. Um, my, from all that I've known talking to people, it seems like he's leaning to Nebraska, and I definitely think that it would be a big – win for Nebraska if Malachi stays in the state. Um, but also he's, he, he likes Mississippi. He likes Oregon. Um, it seems like I haven't heard as much of a Georgia connection with him. I wonder if they just kind of 
backed off in this recruitment. Um, I wonder if maybe the couple of games that he set out as like an injury precaution might have played a role in that. I can't say for sure. Um, but you know, he's a, he's a, he's a stand up kid in quality of character, a great ball player. Um, I think he'd be a, a big get for, for Nebraska and I'm excited. I actually have only seen him on film. Um, I've been so busy this, this fall. I haven't mm-hmm. been able to see him in person. So I figure I'd kill two birds with one stone and see him and, and the Stratton team play. Well, he is tremendous. We've had a chance to cover him for, for his career at East and we love Gingery and the Spartans and, you know, we're happy for whatever happens at five with, uh, with Malachi and of course Brady will have uh, full coverage of that. Football, uh, Nebraska. What do you have? You piece together what you think happens the rest of the season. I know it's one game at a time, one week at a time for Mickey and company. But how many different scenarios are dancing through your mind here? The final five. Oh, it's it's really interesting. So the way that I've kind of been looking at it is look at the growth that this team has done just in the time that Mickey has been here. I think if you look, if any realistic Husker fan looks back at the Scott Frost era, um, growth was not one of the things that stood out. I think um, even if you re-rank, what was it, the 2018 recruiting class, the adjusted after development, the adjusted recruiting class was actually last in the nation. Um, Just the player development wasn't there uh, for whatever reason. And now you look at it and how this, the steps that the Huskers have taken game by game is really um, is really fascinating. So you think game by game, if they stay healthy, you know, if injuries um, mm-hmm. fall by the wayside, they can, how tough they can be. Having said that, I, I'm, Illinois is a tough team and that's going to be a tough game regardless, but I'm not a hundred percent sold on them. I'm not a hundred percent sold on Minnesota. Um, really the only team I'm completely sold on is Michigan in terms of like, you know, um, a Goliath, uh, on the schedule, but even then that leaves Wisconsin and Iowa and some winnable games. So realistically you look at it, Nebraska keeps trending up and keeps developing. There's this, this season could end with a lot of people kind of pulling their heads back and, um, taking a deep breath in and saying what, what happened here at the end of the year and why are the Huskers on a roll? That's fair. I mean, Nebraska could could go three and two. Brady Oltman's with us. HailVarsity.com and magazine staff writer at Brady Oltman's on Twitter's where you follow him. I mean, I could see it going different scenarios. I think Illinois and Michigan are, are you know, uh, the, the, the two toughest. Minnesota, I'm anxious to see what Minnesota does. They have enough fight left in them. Uh, they're teetering a bit. Purdue goes to Wisconsin. Is Wisconsin dead or not? We'll know more. But uh, Minnesota's at Penn State. That's not easy. And I, you know, and Penn State's bruised from what Michigan did to them running the football-wise. Uh, it's it's really going to be quite, uh, quite, quite fascinating. So I'm going to throw out a name with this uh, Nebraska national search. And we, we spent okay. a little bit of time on the lane train yesterday because of, you know, God love Twitter. <laughs> so we talked, we talked a little bit more in depth about Choo Choo Lane. How about Stoops from Kentucky? And I, I asked Switzer about him. He's like, well, hell, he'll never come to, you know, come to Nebraska. I get it. I totally get that he's in the SEC. And I'm just like looking at it objectively, though. 
Tennessee seems like they're back. Georgia's Georgia. Florida's going to be Florida. You're at a basketball school. I don't think Christmas cards are exchanged between Calipari and Stoops. There's a ceiling, not only what you can do on the field, but what you can make. They're never going to pay you more than the basketball coach of Kentucky. If you're Trevor, you uh, you pouring a Jack Daniels into meeting somewhere in the bluegrass state? <laughs> uh, it's it's interesting. Um, so on the reporter side of things, just from what I've heard, the names Stoops and Kiffin are not off the table entirely off the bat. Um, now that's that's not to say that they might not be interested personally or you know that they might think better of it the rest of the or a couple more games into the season but from the agent standpoint and from the way that not their personal agents but agents in the coaching circles work they said that wouldn't surprise us in the least mm-hmm. now uh, stepping away from the reporter angle and looking at it from like a a personal and college football landscape. I think they'd both be interesting fits for various reasons. I mean, Lane's ties to Nebraska with, you know, with, with Monty and being born in Lincoln and all of that make it interesting. You're, you're Mississippi. He's done a great job reviving that program. But again, for the same things with Stoops, what's the ceiling? What's the, what's the goal? Because you have these Goliaths in your division, in your conference, and you've got to know that there's a somewhat of a ceiling involved. So at, at what point, and if we are trending towards a SEC versus Big Ten, you know, the big two Goliath um, conference alignments, how, how far do you push that? And then with Stoops, same thing, but also to your point, I think it's a basketball school and it has been said out loud that it's a basketball school, which a football coach does not like. <laughs> and I I, I think that they're not so secretive. There have been things said out there in Lexington that kind of make you think that between Calipari Stoops and the AD, um, there is some friction there. And I think that um, Calipari and the athletic director have a better relationship in like a cozy term mm-hmm. than Stoops. So that's that's what makes that more interesting to me. He, he, he's done a great job with that Kentucky program, and, and I, a fo- you know, the football coach side of me sees that as like he wants to see that through. But there is enough tension or friction there that makes you think if there is a good opportunity, like how he sees how he could potentially see the Nebraska job, that might be the kind of job that you you jump ship for. Staff writer with Hale Varsity, Brady Oltmans. Follow him at Brady Oltmans on Twitter. Read him with Hale Varsity. No, we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on on Mr. Stoops, and uh, it, it should be pretty fascinating. Great Big Ten pedigree with an Iowa background, plus being in the uh, the hotbed of the Ohio Valley. Uh, Brady, we'll do this again, man. Awesome to get caught up and chat. Thanks for the time. Yeah, man, I always, always appreciate it. There he is. Big thanks to Brady Oltmans for joining us here on a Friday edition of Hail Varsity Radio, a hybrid best of show as uh, the best of rolls on. Next segment, we wrap up hour one with Schmitty's sit down with Ethan Piper. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Wrapping up the first hour here of a best of Hale Varsity Radio. As always, we are presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. How we're going to wrap up this first hour is an unreleased interview with Ethan Piper that Schmidt conducted last week ahead of the Nebraska-Purdue game. 
Ethan Piper's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Ethan, two in a row. How's it feel? Feels good. It feels really good. I think uh, we're starting to build confidence and starting to believe that we could do some good things on the football field. So it's a it's a good feeling to be two and zero. Coach Joseph was talking about uh, halftime, and was there quite a bit of confidence about a comeback opportunity as you guys were yeah. going over the first half? Yeah, definitely. We uh, we as a unit, especially on the offense. Um, we we didn't stop uh, believing. We we, we kept we kept uh, saying, "Hey, we got this." It doesn't matter what the scoreboard says. It's like the only thing we could do is do our thing, and we have to believe that we're going to win this game. And uh, that was our goal: just score one more point, and it happened. And it might have been the most pretty thing, but we still got the dub. So it was a great great feeling to just keep getting bought in. So, can you talk about the the grind that is very real in the Big Ten, where gritty more so than pretty, but the reality of it four quarters in a Big Ten game. Yeah, definitely. Big Ten is just kind of a slugfest out there. It's like you got to take a lot of body blows and um, it just comes down to who wants them more at the end. It's like it doesn't matter. It just matters about your mindset throughout the entire game. If you're willing to uh, outwill the guy in front of you, uh, eventually good things will happen. So, A few minutes here, Ethan Piper with, with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Tell us uh, about your story here, your time in, in Lincoln and uh, your perseverance uh, the ability to keep climbing the ladder uh, and uh, this this O-line, uh, what's special about this O-line? You know, I think the, the most special thing about the O-line right now is we're just a bunch of guys. There's been a lot of just changes, as people know, the offense line, but I, we haven't blinked. It's just it's been, we've been constantly, doesn't matter who's playing next to us, we've been always saying, hey, what have we got? Like, we're, we're, we're here together. It's not any individuals out there as one unit. And Kind of just my story is that, um, yeah, and things in the past haven't gone probably the way it is, but um, that's just kind of how life is. You got to take what, what opportunities are given to you and uh, make the best out of them. And um, for me, it's just like every single day I come out of here, it's a blessing. And you never view it as a, it's, it's it's an opportunity. It's never a setback or anything. It's just like how uh, I'm super lucky to be playing here at Nebraska. So let's talk about Coach Raiola and uh, and his mentality and where have you seen the progression happen with the unit mm-hmm. since uh, since Ireland you know coach Raiola he's a uh man like we're we're lucky to have him he he is a guy that is very committed to the team and very committed to the offensive line and i think what he just brings is the intensity and enthusiasm that uh to the game and he brings a day in and day out and it's contagious and i think uh, we're starting to learn as an offensive line that um just you can come out and just start believing that you're going to get the guy pancake you just got to have that enthusiasm every play and just like we got to just play for each other and just have passion in the game, and I think that's been a, a big turning point, and that we're starting to realize more and more. So, what do you love about the offense, uh, the balance of it, and just what what can this offense do? You know, I, I really love our offense, especially with Mark Whipple, an offense coordinator. I think he's got a lot of experience, and I he he's seen the game for how many years? So he he's always got uh, he's always putting us in the best looks, and um, a lot a lot of like uh, knows how to handle certain situations. So I have full confidence and uh, very lucky to have him, especially as offense, offense coordinator. Ethan, best of luck. Thank you. No, thank you. Our sit down with Ron Brown is coming your way after the break. It's a best of Hale Varsity Radio. 
Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking number state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. You're listening to the best of Hale Varsity on ESPN Lincoln. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio Hour 2. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. We welcome in longtime coach at Nebraska, senior offensive analyst Ron Brown back with us. Coach, if you caught your breath, uh, another bye week, but it's been a, it's been a long season. How you doing? Good, good, Schmitty. It has been a long year, man. I mean, it's the second bye week, which extends the season even longer, but... I love it. I love I love college football. I love coaching. I love being around it. So a little longer season, no bother. But it just does seem like a long time, uh, you know, when we have the uh, Ireland trip and everything else to go along with it. Yeah, we, that seems just from our standpoint, eons ago. Uh, we went over sure. and, and covered uh, the, the game over there. and But we're, I mean, man, we're already halfway through the, the college football season. You just look at the, the number of weeks. So, kind of it flies by, but it, it feels forever ago. And I want to get your take on just how uh, how you think uh, things have gone as far as the response with all sorts of transition this season. Yeah, you name it. <laughs> transition. We've been transition city for the last couple of years, and uh, uh, it's been uh, it's been a little bit of a whirlwind. But you know, one of the things that I've really tried to adopt in my life, Schmitty, in the last uh, uh, number of years as a coach, to be heavy on the truth and light on my feet. And when when that happens, I think uh, uh, no matter what happens out there with all this shifting and things that go on, changing of the guard, you name it, uh, I can I can rest and thank the Lord that um, he has me uh, here for a purpose. Ron Brown with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, you have had the pleasure of, of coaching a lot of years in Nebraska, and you've done it in different, different decades. And I look at, at your time in Lincoln, when Mickey Joseph showed up as a recruit and, and as a player, and now Mickey's uh, leading the guys as as interim head coach, what what traits do you see from Mickey the player that serve him well as a coach? Well, you know it's ironic, uh, Schmitty, because my first recruiting assignment when I came here uh, to the University of Nebraska as a coach, Coach Os- Osborne hired me in 1987. He and I hopped into a uh, car uh, drove up to Omaha, and we met uh, Leotis Flowers, who was uh, a player at Central High School there. And we dropped off my wife with his wife Nancy, and he said, "Hey, we're getting in a private jet, and we're heading down to New Orleans, and we're going to see Mickey Joseph." And so we flew down there and went to see Mickey at his high school at Archbishop Shaw there in New Orleans. And uh, so, yeah, Mickey came, of course, signed with us, and. Uh, uh, played his career here at the at the University of Nebraska, and has done a really good job in a in a tough situation. Uh, he's hats off to him. He's he's done a 
I think uh, he's really done a tremendous job uh, for the little bit of time so far that he's had to take over in in, in uh, discombobulated situation. Okay, I want to go back to that that first meeting, the private jet. You go to New Orleans. I'll ask about the jambalaya in a little bit uh, if it was uh, memorable. But what was your what was your first impression of Mickey? Uh, fun loving, exciting, high energy. The same Mickey that you know today. Um, when you guys interview him, you see all that energy and and a lot of one-liners and sparkle in the eye and all of that. Uh, a lot of confidence. That that was Mickey. Mickey was a was was a high school All-American. Um, so he was USA Today. I think the top quarterback or whatever you run past kind of combination quarterback. So he's always been an athletic guy. He had great speed, um, but, but a good talker and, and uh, very smart, very, very sharp that way. Ron Brown, few minutes with us here. Hail Varsity Radio, senior offensive analyst. And, Coach, how was Mickey and, and the rest of the assistants, you, uh, your time around the, the program as well, how were you able to, to try and stabilize? I think people will take the lead of someone who looks calm and has uh, a sense of of gravity and confidence. And so if you're anxious, if you're bitter, if you're wagging your head and your head's down all the time, uh, that's not a lot for someone else to look at and, and get confident over. These players are looking for... They're looking for an opportunity to be resilient. And, you know, you, you think about how life is today with a lot of youngsters. They come from uh, situations that are tough. There's this, you know, things that are not reliable all the time for them. And, and so one of the things that have, that's always been good here, and I know just going back to Coach Osborne, his consistency I think we had a lot of players who came from inconsistent situations, but because of his consistency, uh, they were able to grasp onto that. And I think the assistants, we, uh, began to reflect the consistency of Coach Osborne. And then the fact that you didn't change coaches all the time. You know, Coach Osborne was here for 25 years as the head coach, and assistants here hardly ever left. And so... In, in the midst of a crazy rock'em sock'em world, you had one place here, here in, in this building here, this football building, where the one thing you could count on was consistency. You could count on the fact that people were going to be here, that uh, you didn't have to change the playbook every year. You didn't have to, you know, uh, go out and reinvent the wheel. Uh, you, you had the same faces. And, and those players could count on that. And it bred consistency in their life, I believe. And that's what I think Mickey's done a good job of, of trying to restore that in the midst of, again, um, a whole bunch of things going on at the same time. You had opportunities to leave Florida State, I'm sure NFL. What, what kept Nebraska home? Hmm. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I, I, I was thinking about that. You know, why did I stay here so many years? And and uh, it's my 29th year here. Um, I I really believe that the Lord um, kept me here uh, because I think there is 
there's a time and a place for longevity. Um, it's rare these days. You know, when I first got into coaching, people were telling me, you can't stay at a place any longer than three years. You've got to keep hopping around like a, like a bunny rabbit, you know? <laughs> and and I, I thought about that, and I was kind of influenced at that at first, and I was entertaining this guy, this guy, this group, this coach, uh, all these different places. But I began to see that, you know, a couple things, Smitty. One is um, Nebraska was not a real – um, jump around place. It was a destination. It wasn't a temporary place. It was a place that a lot of people wanted to coach at. It was at a very high level. We were playing at a very high level. But 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 even more importantly than that, I, I was involved in a purposeful ministry outside of football. And, and football helped bring and spread that around the state. But I had a place called in the state of Nebraska that I, that I really grew to love. My wife and I became very uh, affectionate with the state, and and uh, so we started to see this place is not j- just a football place. It was a place where we could honor the Lord, um, bring glory to his name, use the vehicle of football and other opportunities to pour into the lives of people. So um, that's why it was it became even increasingly more difficult to leave even when I had the chance to. Ron Brown with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, you've coached running backs. Uh, you're a senior offensive analyst now. You've coached wideouts and tight ends, and you've seen a lot of dudes. Uh, what do you think of Trey Palmer, not just against Purdue, but uh, his uh, ability to, to transfer in and do what he's done? Yeah, you know, one thing I say about Trey when I, when I look at him, as I say, man, this guy will never die of an ulcer over this thing. He doesn't seem to worry about very much. <laughs> he's pretty relaxed out there. He's having fun. He's having a smile. And you know what? He's a very confident guy. He's a nice kid. He's very confident, though. He's got some swag to him. And you know what? There's something that uh, that else that really helps him, and that he's got a lot of speed, man. This <laughs> boy can run. <laughs> he can run. And, and he's got real good field speed. Um, yeah. And I think uh, I think uh, Coach Mickey and Coach Cassano, Mike Cassano, our wide receiver coach, has done a a tremendous job just diagnosing what Trey has to go against each week. I mean, there's going to be people that that are out there and they're working their different techniques and specialized things to contain him. And I thought, you know, I sat in on all those you know, meetings, and I just listened to Coach Cassano address some of the techniques and different things that that the, that the kids are going to have to go against the wide receivers, and they were really well prepared for Purdue. I mean, I'm not surprised at what Trey did, although anytime you go over 200 yards and break a school record, that's pretty impressive. But he was well prepared by Mike Cassano. So hats off to, to Mike and I'm just glad to be able to serve in any capacity that I can, and uh, and it's fun to see Trey whizzing down the down the field over and over again uh, with big plays. But we realize that you know what, man, that's just not automatic. You have to you have to prepare. It isn't like you just step on the field and it all turns into a pot of gold. It takes work. And Trey came off of an in, injuries. Uh, from the Rutgers game, and so I thought it was a really impressive. I thought he did a great job of uh, of getting ready for that game, and but we got stiff, stiff competition the rest of the year, as everybody knows. Coach, you, you, you mentioned the confidence from Trey. Uh, how did you tackle that 
job in your career being able to, uh, I don't want to say deal with, that's the wrong term, but the, the wide receiver position's notorious for, for confidence, uh, sometimes overconfidence. Uh, how are you able to navigate that and, and continue to, to get the best out of kids? Well, you know, I think one thing, um, way back in the day, uh, when, I was, for, when I first came here coaching wide receivers, tight ends and wingbacks. I had three positions. I had 50 guys. You know, we had close to 200. We had around 200 guys on our team back then. So I had 50 guys myself. Here I am, a 30-year-older, fresh out of the Ivy League, who had not coached and down of, uh, you kidding me, offensive football? I had been a defensive player in college. I coached defense. And now I had come here and have to coach three positions on offense to get at the same time. And so... I, I just I had to learn along the way, and Coach Osborne was very patient with me. And one of the things that I, I I learned as I looked at these guys is that you you better be tougher than them. I got to be tougher than them. And what I mean by that doesn't mean I'm screaming and yelling every every five minutes at them. It means that you better make sure that you are comfortable in your own skin. Mm-hmm. And that you don't you you don't get all hurt by feelings and so forth, and you have to have. I think you have to be able to draw some lines and say, "Look, we'll go to this point, but we don't go any further than that point. This is how we talk in here. This is how we this is how we operate in this situation. This is what is demanded on the field and off the field. We're not missing classes." We're, and, and you know what? There's not going to be one calculated loaf on this field. And every single time there's a calculated loaf on this field, we're going to address it. We're going to address it. There's going to be reward and rebuke. So I just feel like I had to be tougher. It was almost like I think a parent has to be tougher than their child. Mm-hmm. For that child to become all that that child's supposed to be, the parent can't just give in and just say, well, whatever the child wants to do, I'll, I'll allow it because I want to be liked. And I think that's true in coaching. There's, there's a lot of coaches that want to be liked or they want to be, you know, they want to be uh, you know, popular among the players. And I feel like you have to f- be willing to forfeit that. It doesn't mean you, 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 you get to be an idiot and just be an antagonistic uh, guy that just puts a heavy hand on them and everything they do. No, it means that you love them. But I used to tell Dana Brinson years ago. Remember, Dana was a great player for way us. Back, wing back, right? yeah. Way back, yeah. I used to say, Dana, those who really love you will discipline you. People who really love you will discipline you because they want to see you flourish. They want to see all of your God-given ability to happen. And unless you're tough in this world, that will never happen. If you don't guard the things that would take one away from seeing that God-given potential flourish in a kid's life, if you are tempted as a coach or a parent or a teacher or a leader of any sort to want to just kind of fit in and be liked by everybody, You'll fail that kid, and that's that's uh, the Lord just kind of put put that on my heart, and I was raised that way with my mom and dad. They raised, they had, you know, I was a foster kid, adopted, and they said, "Look, this is how we, this is how this, it is in this home. These are the ground rules. Are there any questions? <laughs> you know." And and from that point on, it was submission, and from that, I think because my mom and dad were so tough. They taught me 
they taught me what love was truly all about. And I'm able to love them way more because of that. And then I'm able now to love others that way. So I'm, I'm very thankful for the, the, the kind of leadership that I had along the way. And that helped me lead other young men along the way. Ron Brown, senior offensive analyst, longtime coach at Nebraska. Coach, we'll let you go. We'll do this again soon. And enjoy the bye week, and uh, we'll be uh, following along here the rest of the season. Thanks for the time. Thanks, Jimmy. Always great to talk to you. God bless you, buddy. You're listening to the best of Hale Varsity on ESPN Lincoln. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it at Tower 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio. Getting ready for football season. We welcome in the Pirate Coach Mike Leach of Mississippi State. Coach, how we doing? How's the uh, the summer been treating you? Um, I'm doing good. It's been kind of a whirlwind summer. These summers get shorter and shorter. Um, you know, you, you, you enjoy the summer, but then you also... Uh, um, certainly look forward to the season. Uh, one thing about summers nowadays is um, that now that the kids are out of the house, you get a lot more freedom and you can do a lot more things. Uh, so that part's pretty fun. So I traveled kind of far and wide a little bit this summer, maybe not as much as I do sometimes. Uh, but I went to Panama. I went to uh, Cartagena, Colombia, and then, uh, went back to, I'm from Wyoming, went back to Wyoming for the 4th of July and then uh, was in Florida <laughs> quite a bit. And uh, uh, basically, yeah, I had, uh, had a pretty good summer and uh, and uh, could probably be talked into a couple more weeks, but certainly looking forward to football. Well, week zero, uh, we're headed over to Ireland. Do you want to go? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're talking to us some uh, about that. What, what do you think about the Ireland deal? I, I think I'm going to uh, make sure myself is knocked out for an 18-hour flight. But other than that, I can't wait. We'll be uh, we'll be broadcasting. We're not far. Nebraska's playing in the rugby stadium. I know you love rugby, and oh, yeah. we're uh, we're we're posting up at a at a pub. Uh, about uh, well, a bad punt away from the stadium. So we're all we're all set to go, man. Have you been to Ireland? Yeah, I have. Uh, I'd like to go more. Um, <clears throat> really nice town, or, or, or really nice. Uh, a lot of little nice towns. Mm-hmm. You know, Dublin's nice, but it's like it's still a city. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't been to Northern Ireland. Ireland. I've literally been. Uh, from Shannon, which is on the West Coast, uh, all the way around the coast and up to Dublin, which is on the East Coast, uh, which means I've kind of uh, circumvented about the, the, the southern half of the country and then the northern half. There's easily that much more again, and I haven't been on the interior at all. Now, Coach, while you were there, did you kiss the Blarney Stone? It's uh, according to legend, it gives the gift of gab. So, I mean, it kind of sounds up your alley. You know, uh, I didn't kiss it. I sort of high fived it. Uh, to be to be honest with you, now people do kiss it, and so you, there better be some magical properties in that Blarney Stone. Let me just say, okay, so it's a really cool castle. And I and it's a cool legend. It's not nearly as big a castle as you think. Because um, 
you know, Scott, Scotland and Ireland have some massive castles. Mm. And it's really not that big of a castle. And um, by castle standards. And it is a, shoot, it's, a, it's literally a, a whole uh, production. I mean, you go up there. Now, my... Uh, my wife and my daughter kissed it because they, you know, they're doing everything they could think of uh, for good luck, you know, going into the season, no matter what it was. <laughs> and my wife, who is a germ freak and a neat freak, her and my daughter both kissed the Blarney Stone. Okay, and uh, and, and I am not, uh, you know, that you know, I'll, uh, I'll eat about anything, you know, but uh, I didn't see the sense of kissing the Blarney Stone really, but. Um, so what it is, is you walk up there, and it's on the wall. The Blarney Stone's kind of at the top, you know, at the top of the wall, okay? And there will be an Irish dude there as you line up who, because you kind of lean backwards, almost like you're upside down when you kiss it, right? Mm. And so, so he leans you over, you kiss it, and there's another one to help you get your balance and get on the way. But it is literally, it is like a, a, almost a conveyor belt of uh, people. Just boom, 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 boom. And, and at least when I was there, and I think it's like this a lot. I mean, me and uh, me and like uh, several hundred of my new best friends <laughs> kissed that Barney Stone within uh, 20 minutes or so. Mike Leach with us. Coach at Mississippi State, the Pirate, joining us here on Ale Varsity Radio. Coach, uh, a thought on the season. Uh, how's the uh, the squad going to be? Uh, excitement level here for another year at Mississippi State. You know, we're excited. We got we got a lot of the same faces back. Uh, you know, it's like as far as the number of starts, we've got some experience. We're still not very old. I mean, I keep saying that, and, and we did get a year older from one year to the next, but. Uh, we have very few seniors. Um, we have uh, we're pre- predominantly a junior and sophomore team, but I do have a number of guys that have started since they were freshmen, and I think uh, you know that's helpful as far as uh, uh, some experience, at least on the field. What do you, in all your time with tutor and quarterbacks, you know, I don't know if you do a survey of them or or not, but what what do you think they like doing most for you? Oh shoot! I don't know throwing. Um, well, but I'm saying, is it is it the preparation? Is it the uh, the game plan? I mean, just where where do they have the most fun with you? I guess is the better way to put it. I, I think there's a point to where that um, practice, meet and practice. You know, I mean, those both of those things get long, mm-hmm. uh, but you do kind of have moments of quality time, which is sort of all the guys in the room, you know, and then where you're trading more stories, laughing about something, you know. Who's the biggest character you've had as a quarterback? Well, shoot, there's a bunch of those. Um, (laughs) uh, Let me think here. Um, I mean, all brilliant in their own right. Characters as far as just real characters. Just great personality. Make you laugh. Well, as far as far as you know, wild in that sort of sense would be like B.J. Simmons, Gardner Minshew. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you know, just uh, just kind of edgier guys, you know. And uh, uh, both of them edgy, both of them fearless. I mean, utterly fearless. Uh, and no matter what they're doing, just all in, you know. Mike Leach with his few minutes, Hale Varsity Radio. So Will Clark was down in Starkville. Had you uh, connected with Will Clark before? You know, I I've I texted back and forth with him, and I'm, you know, he just made it into the Hall of Fame, so I'm I'm really thrilled about that. Yeah, great. And, you know, growing up, I was a Will Clark fan. Um, you know, I was definitely a Will Clark fan. I wasn't really growing up. I was the, I, I I think we're approximately the same age, mm-hmm. but anyway. He might be a little. I don't know. We'd, we'd have to do the math. But um, I, I was. But I was a big fan. You know, there at the Giants, because see, <laughs> um, I went to law school in L.A. and 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 I was and growing up. I was a, a kid that was more of a, a Yankees fan, so I hated the Dodgers. And so then, uh, but I was right near Dodger Stadium, and I loved baseball. And I especially liked watching the Dodgers play the Padres, or in particular the Giants. And um, and so I, I definitely liked Will Clark. And Will Clark was just such an intense student of the game. And you know, I mean, you know, you do it the right way. Even if you're an, a, an opponent or something, you don't hustle to a base. Will's going to let you know. You know. Sure. And uh, uh, no, I think just uh, just outstanding. It was great for baseball and. Uh, and the way he was great is just, uh, you know, just completely committed. There was no gray area. Will was, was all in. And so, um, but he just got inducted to the Hall of Fame. So we're thrilled about that. Coach, you mentioned growing up around Dodger Stadium. And today, the, the legacy and the life of Vin Scully is on our mind. Do you have any memories of, of listening to, to Vin Scully call Dodger baseball games? Well, I mean, I've got to say, you're, you're, uh, I was kind of unfairly biased against the Dodgers. And <laughs> so listening to Vince Scully can be quite painful to me. Um, and, 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 you know, rooting for him to lose when they were winning all the time was tough a little bit. And um, uh, so, because, you know, I was, uh, I was uh, at that time I was a Yankees fan or first and foremost, whatever team that Billy Martin managed, okay? Uh, Billy Martin was my favorite guy. They said, I've even been asked, who most inspired you to, you know, coach football or what coaches do you look to? Occasionally they're surprised to, to hear, but maybe number one is Billy Martin. And um, and uh, so, and I would I wish I would have gotten the opportunity to meet Billy Martin. I never did. Um but uh, I know his son a little bit, but that <laughs> always admired Billy Martin and, uh, you know, com- uh, committed student of the game, no matter what, no matter how old he got. Uh, and then always felt like he could find a way. So I really liked that. Okay, so then you got the Dodgers. <clears throat> and then you got Vince, uh, Vince Scully talk, uh, talking about getting products from Farmer John's, you know. Mm-hmm. In L.A., there's a, you know, I guess it's like bacon and stuff. But, you know, Vin, uh, Vin always wants you to go to Farmer John's and get your stuff there, you know. And, uh, you know, in there, everything was just so happy, click, click with the Dodgers. And I started watching the Angels. 
And to this, uh, I mean, even now I'm a big Angels fan. I, I mean, uh, the Angels converted me, uh, you know. Oh, and then uh, I, I tend to follow managers. I mean, I I like Don Mattingly so much as a player when he when he managed the Dodgers. Then, of course, you know, I uh, kind of made some exceptions. And so anyway, and then and I actually rooted for the Dodgers to, you know, to make a recent World Series. But um uh, but no, Vince Scully would just echo through your head. So if you're hating the Dodgers and you're in L.A. and you're driving in your vehicle and the radio's on and you're stuck in traffic, which is virtually guaranteed all the time, Vince Scully, Vince Scully, Vince Scully. You know, it was it was almost like a, a, a Chinese water torture with the voice of Vince Scully. And, um, but... Uh, yeah, and I do have to say this, though, just listening to him broadcast and all that, he is literally one of the greats, uh, you know, kind of did it his way, totally, uh, uh, I mean, you, you, you knew immediately, there's never any question, let's see, who's broadcasting this, is it this guy or that guy, no, you knew damn well it's Ben Scully, you know, and I, I, I think very uh, a true original, and I just did great at what he did, and, and all that, you know, I, uh, and I was... Uh, I'm proud to say I heard him during his heyday, and at the time I should have appreciated it a little more. And now. And now. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. You're listening to the best of Hale Varsity on ESPN Lincoln. A few more minutes. Uh, the Pirate with us, head coach Mike Leach, Hale Varsity Radio, head coach, coach Mississippi State. Managers are, are fun. The personalities love Don Zimmer when he was with the Cubs. Uh, always got a kick out of uh, some of the, the, the clips of Earl Weaver. I mean, Coach, oh, yeah. Earl Weaver got his money's worth all the time, didn't he? I mean, he was an artist of the F word. Oh, they said he was the most profane one. So I've talked <laughs> to these guys, you know, and you, <clears throat> you would see like uh, guys ignite like Billy Martin and Dick Williams, you know, that were pretty explosive, but they said they 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 said, they said the the wildest, most profane of all of them was uh, was Earl Weaver. Earl was and, and, talented. And, and to be honest, uh, what I heard, and I wasn't there or anything, but his favorite word uh, wasn't the F word. It was another one. <laughs> you know, there's there's a couple words that go beyond the F word. Yes, and uh, he favored those. <laughs> Who's the most profane coach you've gone up against? Well, there's things that I give them a run for their money. Believe me. <laughs> um, and um, profane coach. Who's really good, good at question. swearing? You know. Well, some you know some people just can't. Some people, it's too forced. I mean, they're, they're, you know, swearing is like any other talent. Um, you know, it's it's like you develop the skills to do it, and some are more gifted than others. <laughs> like, for example, um, some will get the, you know, the, the words out of order or backwards, mm-hmm. or they just don't flow right, or, you know, their swearing feels really forced. Um, and then... Uh, but people that can really do it effectively, um, one, it's funny to hear, uh, two, it's intense, and three, the words flow together. So, like a really good um, 
a really good uh, example of how to swear effectively, um, you know, where it blends together and sounds nice. George C. Scott was great at it. Like, think about Patton. Right. George C. Scott and Patton, a master at swearing. I mean, really good. And um, and so, you know, there's there's uh, there's there's coaches that are able to get that direction, and then there's others where it's just all chopped up in sport and and uh, all chopped up and forced and and you know those you almost wish they'd surrender and not desecrate the art of swearing. You know what I mean? Well, Bo, from an intensity standpoint, I would think Bo would have rated eight or eight or nine oh, no, out of ten. Good. Yeah. No, no, he's good. Like I don't know him that well, uh-huh. um, but you know, I was at spring meetings with him and all that. No, he held his own. You know, he was definitely good. We got to put a, a field of sixty-four bracket together with Coach Leach here when it comes to uh, seating the swearers in college football. Mike Leach with us, coach at Mississippi State, the Pirate, joining us here on Ale Varsity Radio. Coach, couple of minutes and we'll let you go, and we'll, we'll get back with you here uh, closer to the season kicking off. One, when it comes to Nebraska beef, what are you drafting? Are you drafting New York Strip, ribeye, T-bone, or filet? Okay, say that. Okay, let's start start again. So we got what is it? You got a New York Strip. You got a ribeye. Okay. You got a T-bone, or you have a filet. I left the sirloin uh, off. Go, I have to go the ribeye. Okay. Um, the ribeye. I mean, there's those who would argue uh, the New York Strip or the filet if they're on their diet. Um, <laughs> but you know, if you go all in on this thing, I mean, how do you uh, how do you beat a ribeye? I mean, ribeye is uh, uh, ribeye is kind of the ultimate, you know. Lastly, what happens to Saul? Are you caught up? Better call Saul. Okay, no, I am not. And I was in the middle of it last night. I thought maybe I'd finish it. I still went to bed late. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I was going to go to bed even later to finish it off. Um, I'm almost to the end of the second to the last episode. Okay. And I got the last episode sitting there. And what I've gotten preoccupied with, and I did finish, is Gaslight. And I thought it was very good. Okay. I thought it was very good. It was very accurate till the end. And, and see, when this is years ago, probably 20 years ago, but I've, I've read about five books on Watergate, not, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on the, <laughs> the various characters involved. And I've read their books. And, um, and a working knowledge of the characters in Watergate, I think, is key. But I was pretty captivated by Gaslight. I ran it back a number of times, you know, would re-listen to stuff, how they put the the words together, some things like that. But um, I thought they really did a good job. Um uh, you know, I think they missed some things mm-hmm. in those docudramas. You know, to me, they're always part reality, part documentary, part comic book, and part uh, um, dark comedy or something like that. And it was all of that. It was good. Um, and I, it was real, real, real accurate till the end when I think they needed to make the characters talk, so they kind of put them together. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made John Dean a lot more of a hero than he was. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 
and then there's another sequence where uh, they swap one character out for another. But it might be the best dialogue of the whole show. Anyways, I thought it was good. I highly recommend it. Okay. And those that don't like it will be because they don't know the characters. So I would say familiarize even Wikipedia real quick like with the characters. But I really recommend Gaslight. And it's very has a lot of parallels with our government now. Um, you know, these guys that get a certain amount of power, first of all, you think they're really smart, which that's not true. <laughs> second of all, you think on some level they can be trusted because you're all fighting for the same thing. And that's absolutely not, not true because, you know, self-interest totally rules the day. Coach, couple of episodes left for Better Call Saul, two weeks for the, uh, the series finale. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be in touch for that. Awesome to get caught up with. You always love spending the few minutes. Thanks for your time today. All right. Well, great talking to you. Good to hear from you again. All right. Get yourself some Red Zone tickets selling fun since 2001. Be sure to log on. Do you want Husker seats, football or volleyball? How about Creighton basketball this season? College World Series concert theater. It's all there for you with Red Zone tickets. They are local. They are out of Omaha. And uh, their rating is impeccable. An A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. 100% guarantee on all orders. And cross that item off your bucket list. Create the memories that last a lifetime. RedZoneTickets.com. Hail Varsity Radio. Presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Reminder for you to buckle up. Use your seatbelt. It saves lives. And it prevents injuries, but only if properly worn. Buckle up. This message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. A fun best of show today. If you are just joining us, uh, we've done a bit of a hybrid today. Some up-to-date interviews with both Jacob Padilla and Brady Yoltmans. But we've also gone into the Hale Varsity Radio archives. We heard from Jason Peter back leading off the show as Jason sat down with us ahead of day by day. Also, Ron Brown and Mike Leach. Hale Varsity Radio is brought to you by Currency. We'll wrap up a Friday best of edition of Hale Varsity Radio after the break. You're listening to the best of Hale Varsity on ESPN Lincoln. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time here on a Friday. It was a hybrid edition of Hail Varsity Radio today, a mix of live new interviews we heard from both Jacob Padilla and Brady Oltman's back in hour one. And we also heard an unreleased interview with Ethan Piper. Ethan sat down with us last week following that victory over Rutgers and before the team headed off to West Lafayette to take on Purdue. We didn't get a chance to play that interview last week, so uh, we brought it to you today in this a hybrid best of show as the best of show. If, if you're new to Hale Varsity Radio, we'll do this occasion. We'll go back and we'll dive into the Hale Varsity Radio archives, bring you some of the best interviews that we've done over the past weeks, 
months and years. So back in hour one, we let off this show with Jason Peter. Jason sat down with us back in April to talk about the new Day by Day documentary. We followed it up again, as I said, with both Jacob Padilla and Brady Oltmans and wrapped up hour one with Ethan Piper. Leading off hour two, we had Ron Brown. Ron sat down with us a little bit earlier this week to talk about that transition from uh, Coach Scott Frost to Mickey Joseph taking the, the lead as interim head coach. And uh, Ron told us a little bit about his ex- experience uh, recruiting Mickey Joseph to Nebraska and watching him go from recruit to player to coach. That was awesome stuff. And I'm glad we got a chance to hear from Ron Brown again. That one was one of those interviews that uh, you really do have to listen to twice. Ron Brown always bringing some great insight from all his years as a coach, not only at Nebraska, but also elsewhere in the country. That dude is just a wealth of knowledge and we're lucky to have him on the show this week. And then the pirate Mike Leach joined us at a 525 segment. And he is actually kind enough to sit down with us for two segments back at the beginning of August as Leach did a little bit of previewing of not only the Mississippi State football team, but also what makes a good swearer, uh, if that's an actual word, swearer, not quite sure, but uh, Leach took us through all that and uh, that was good stuff. We love talking to Mike Leach. Uh, we get a chance to talk to him uh, a couple times a year, and he's one of our favorite interviews every single year. So it was uh, good to get a chance to rewind back with Mike Leach here on this Best of Hail Varsity Radio. If you missed anything from the show today, make sure to check us out in podcast form. That is wherever you get podcasts, Amazon, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're all there. We also get you a link up on the Hail Varsity Radio Twitter page. If you don't follow that yet, well, you should. At Radio on Twitter is where you can find the daily lineups. We post those daily. You can also find a live stream to the show on the Hail Varsity Radio Twitter page. And then that video feed gets cut up and posted to YouTube every single night. So if you haven't gotten the chance to see both me and Schmitty's lovely faces as we do this show, I know it's always been a mystery. Well, what does my favorite radio host actually look like? Well, wonder no longer. You can check us out. The Hail Varsity YouTube page is where you find that or search us up on YouTube at Hail Varsity Radio. Every single show is posted in video format there. I remember as a kid, like wondering what my favorite radio host looked like. So uh, we think it's pretty cool to, to give you the chance to do a live video feed every single day. And some of our guests are even kind enough to join us on the video feed as well. That's a, a cool thing we've been doing recently. Highly encourage you to check that out. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, the Hail Varsity YouTube page. It's where you check us out, okay? We'll be back tomorrow morning for the Saturday morning edition. That's for our local listeners here in the great city of Lincoln. If you listen to the show elsewhere and you want to check that out, uh, pull it up. ESPNLincoln.com is where you can find that. It's also posted in podcast form shortly following the show, somewhere around 10 a.m. tomorrow. We're going to have the video feed posted up to YouTube as well as the podcast form posted up wherever you like to get podcasts. That's when we'll talk to you again. A big thank you to all of our Rewind guests today, Jason Peter, Ethan Piper, Ron Brown, Mike Leach, as well as Jacob Padilla and Brady Oltmans. We'll talk to you again tomorrow morning with a Hail Varsity Radio Weekend Edition 7 to 9.